FM, the home of great music in the Bay and Basin. series. Here is the radio show for you. Get ready for a new edition of Pick the Flick. Only on Bay and Basin 92.7 FM. The most on the coast. Welcome to another edition of Pick the Flick at Payan Basin 92.7 FM. This is Raul and I'll be your DJ for the next hour. So do every week uh, on this Wednesday, the 22nd of March, 3.16 on the clock. So in one minute past the time to start the show, I have a special show prepared for you today. And we are featuring a very, very popular um, director and producer and a few more things, but mostly, mostly director. Um, many of his films, I think, and many of you out there might have watched or at least heard about, because it's a very, very popular one. And uh, we also have the Pick the Flick game to play today, and I have seven old TV shows that I have interest to play for you. So I'm going to play the 10 seconds uh, from each and see if you can recognize them. But before we launch in the show, let's have a proper acknowledgement of country. Bay and Basin Community Radio is located on the lands of the Wandjawandian people, speakers of the Darawal and Durga languages. We acknowledge the Wandjawandian people, traditional custodians of the area, and recognize a continuing connection to the land, sea, culture, and community, and pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging. Thanks, Brad. Thank you for the announcement. And now we are ready to launch on the show. Um, so, as I said, we have a very, very special uh, film director to cover today, and his name is Quentin Tarantino. And I'm sure, I'm sure you have seen some of the films. Uh, if not watched them directly, at least heard about them, because he's had some very, very big, big productions. But before we launch into him and his films and his life. Um, Let's have a quick go at the 
the flick game. So seven old TV shows. Some of them are still um, on TV today. They're not new, but the reruns are still running today. And I play 10 seconds from their intros and see if you can recognize them. Let's do it. First show. Did you recognize one, a few, maybe all of them? If you do, you, what you could do is you could write them down and write down the number and who you think the, um, the name that you think the show was. Um, you could also get in touch with me here at the Bay and Bay Scenario 2.7 FM studio. You can text me on our text line 0403-572-344 or you can call me on triple four. Three nine six double four, and you can tell me um, the name of the show, the number and name of the show, and if you got it right, I will announce you on the air. And uh, if not, you can just wait until the end of the show. Uh, I will play them again in full, um, the intros, and and I will tell you the names of each of those shows, so you can see how good your memory was or not. So. Let's now go into the director that we have for today, Quentin Tarantino. So, Quentin Jerome Tarantino was born in Knoxville, Tennessee, on the 27th of March, 1963. So, he'll be 60 next week. There you go. Um, he drops. He dropped out school. He was a, a school leaver. Um, at 15, he left school, and he decided to... Um, Act and uh, so he went on an acting class full time. And after two years at the James Best Theatre Company, he left and took a job. And uh, and he was uh, at a video rental store in the video archives. So and he worked on that uh, for some time. And uh, he was famously famously quoted saying, um, "I didn't go to film school." I went to films. That's the way he has put it to himself. Um, he's primarily known as a writer-director. However, he has three screenplays that he created, very successful ones, and they were directed by other big directors there. So one of them is True Romance, that was directed by Tony Scott. Uh, Natural Born, Born Killers, and that his screenplay was directed by Oliver Stone. And From Dusk 
Steel Dawn that was directed by Robert Rodriguez whom he worked with um, in his career a few times so as, um, as a film director he has some very very interesting characteristics or conventions when, for his films um, he enjoys prominently featuring actresses feet don't get me wrong this is documented uh, which is why Uma Thurman is barefoot in Pulp Fiction and in Kill Bill also Diane Kruger and Christoph Waltz enjoy a beautiful Cinderella moment in Inglorious Bastards that was one of his films too another interesting fact or interesting characteristics uh, of uh, Tarantino as a director is that he he does something that is being defined in the film industry as a trunk shot and in in Australian English it would be a boot shot shot, sorry Uh, it's because the camera is positioned at a height and a perspective that you would have if you were shooting that scene from a boot of a car and they call the um, and they also has another another style of shooting called the body shot where the camera looks up at the scene from the perspective of um, of a dead of an unconscious person that is laying on the floor and uh, those two types of shots you can see in Everyone's or every one of his films, pretty much, almost all of them have both or at least one of these two types of shots. Another, a bit of a grueling signature piece of Tarantino is the use of a long shot. So the camera follows the progress of a character through, throughout the entire scene in without a single cut it's a single shot and it's rumored to be uh, that the, the long shot that was that Tarantino used in one of his films Kill Bill Volume 1 um, took so long to get right that the, the camera operative the person that was operating the camera passed out after the f- final shot was done he was so tired so, so that's an interesting, interesting facts about Quentin Tarantino. So one of the first, his first, his first feature-length um, directorial debut was with the film Reservoir Dogs, and he was 29 at the time. And Reservoir Dogs is a crime film that was written and directed by Tarantino. But it was funded by Harvey Cartel, and Harvey Cartel was in the main actor in the film and tells the story of a group of diamond thieves whose hist of a jewelry store goes terribly wrong and the film is regarded as a classic it's an independent and cult film and it was named the greatest independent film of all time although it's very controversial at uh, the depictions of violence and the use of profanity but that is kind of also consistent to all his films as well all of Tarantino's films Reservoir Dogs was generally well received by audiences and by critics and uh, so Tarantino told the BBC in 2009 
that he is so is very proud to have made a film considered to be one of the top top ten hist movies in the world, despite the fact that he doesn't show the the hist. So you never see the actual the robbery of the jewelry store. Um, interesting fact: there are no lines spoken by by women in the original theatrical version, and they have alternative cuts. Um, that feature female uh, dialogue, but um, in the original theatrical version, there was no dialogue for female female actresses or female characters. The soundtrack for the film Reservoir Dogs um, has songs from the 60s to the 80s. So Tarantino said that he feels the music is needs to be a counterpoint to the on-screen violence and action. So he stated that he wished the film to have a 1950s feel while using 1970s music. So the first track for today's show is called Little Green Bag and it's from the soundtrack of Reservoir Dogs and it's performed by the George Baker Selection, a pop band from the Netherlands. There we go.
that was a little green bag by the George Baker Selection Band uh, from the film Reservoir Dogs, um, released in 1992, by um, directed by Quentin Tarantino, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino, our special our director today. So, um, his, uh, the next film that I have for you is Pulp Fiction. So, uh, Quentin Tarantino directed and wrote uh, Pulp Fiction as well, and released it in 1994, and it's an American crime film as well, starring John Travolta, uh, Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson, Bruce Willis, Tim Roth, Bing Rames, and Uma Thurman. It tells uh, several stories, you know, but um, mainly uh, crimes around the Los Angeles, California area. And the title refers to the pulp magazine and the hard-boiled crime novels that were popular during the mid-10th-20th century, in the, in the, mostly in the U.S., and uh, so they're very well known for their graphic violence and the punchy dialogue. So Tarantino wrote Pulp Fiction in 1992 and 93, and, and, and the plot, it kind of has a chronolo- chronological order as it goes through the film, and it's very self-referential, especially at the beginning of the film. And, and there, is a, there is a little card at the beginning of the film that um, has two dictionary definitions for pulp, and that's the way the film kind of starts. And so it has a lot of monologues and a lot of very casual conversations that kind of break the action and the violence of the film. And, and so it kind of like gives you a lot of information about the characters' perspectives on, on subjects. Um, an interesting fact is that there is a passage in the film where they actually are mentioning a passage from the Bible. And Jules, the character of Jules, uh, has memorized um, what mostly was made up by, by Tarantino and Jackson. It wasn't real. The only part that is similar to the, the Bible, anything written on the Bible, is the part that says, and, and I will strike upon thee with a great vengeance and furious anger. And you will know my name is the Lord, and when I lay my vengeance upon thee. That's a, that, that line is covered on the dialogue by the character of Jules, but this is a performed by Jackson. And however, you know, everything else they say about the man, the shepherd, and everything else is not real. It's not nothing in the Bible about that. So the film score for Pulp Fiction uh, was... Uh, um, not creative. There was uh, nothing, there was uh, no soundtrack that was released for the film. Uh, later on, people compiled a list of songs from the film and released it, but um, it wasn't actually part of what Tarantino wanted for the film. He wanted to have an eclectic assortment of surf music, rock and roll, soul, and pop, you know, all through the film. And that's what he has. He has all that in the film. So the film starts with Dick Dale's rendition of Mr. Lou. And, and they play that, or Tarantino plays that at the beginning of the film with the opening credits. So that's going to be my second track for you for today's show. Missilu back Dick Dale. <laughs> Thank you. 
I'm Maya. You're listening to Community Radio 93.7 FM. Thanks so much, Flynn and Maya, for that beautiful introduction to the radio. And so this is Raul, and you're listening to Pick the Flick at Bay and Basin 92.7 FM. This is uh, Wednesday, the 22nd of March, 3.36 p.m. I play the track uh, titled Miss Lou by Dick Dale. Uh, a track was used at the opening credits of the film Pulp Fiction by Quentin Tarantino. And today's show is dedicated to him, to Quentin Tarantino. So, a little bit more about um, another film. So the next film that he made um, was Jackie Brown, and he released Jackie Brown in 1997. Um, Jackie um, is an American crime film as well, American crime film as well, um, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. And it's based on Elmore Leonard's 1992 novel, uh, Rum Punch. It stars uh, Pam Greer as... Uh, Jackie Brown, uh, who's a flight attendant who has been caught smuggling money, and Samuel Jackson, Robert Foster, Bridget Fonda, Michael Keaton, and Robert De Niro in supporting roles. Really, really big cast, as you can see from the names. Jackie Brown pays homage to 1970 black exploitation films as a genre of films where um, during the 70s where most of the characters were um, were uh, African American and uh, and the topics and the the issues that were um, featured were uh, things that mostly affected um, African American communities within the, within the USA and so there was a, an other films on, on the time. In 1973, was a film called Coffee, and then in 1974, a film called Foxy Brown, and they're similar to um, the, the film Jackie Brown. So, so he basically took inspiration on those and then created Jackie Brown 10 years later. And, 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 and Greer, uh, sorry, Greer, Greer, I think is the right pronunciation. Pam Greer is the right pronunciation of her last name. It's, so she was the main character on those films as well. But since then, he, she had not received a lot of offers for work, so Tarantino kind of rescued her and revitalized her career together with Foster's career. So they hadn't been casted in, in a lead role for many years. So the film earned a nomination for the Academy Awards for Best Supporting Actor for Foster and, and a Golden Globe Award um, for a nomination for um, for Greyer and, and also for Jackson, for Samuel Jackson. The soundtrack for the film Jackie Brown uh, is, is, is entitled Jackie Brown Music from the Miramax Motion Picture. It was released in December 9, 1997. It contains songs from a variety of artists, and um, and those songs are listened through through the film, different different scenes. There are several songs included that were featured in other black exploitation type of films, including Bobby Womack's "Across One Hundred and Eleventh Street," so "Across One Tenth Street," from the film of the same name. So that, I chose that to be the third track that I'm going to play for you today from Jackie Brown, Quentin Tarantino, across the 110th Street. (laughs) 
FM, the home of great music in the Bay and Basin.
we are back to take the flick. And uh, I play the last track I play for you is titled Across One Tenth Street or Hundred and Tenth Street um, by Bobby Warmack and uh, it's from the film Jackie Brown that was released in 1997 written and directed by Quentin Tarantino the director that we are focusing on today and we got kind of the middle of the show is already um, 3.45 so um, it's time for some a few announcements so um, let's uh, let's start with one the Uluru Statement is a rallying call for all of us to work together to get real, lasting and practical change to address the challenges faced by First Australians. A constitutionally enshrined voice to Parliament gives First Australians a fair say over the issues that impact them. So let's come together, all speak from the heart and make a real difference for our shared future. on at Huskisson Pictures. Creed 3, rated M. Because this is a war. It's a fight, it's a battle. Still dominating the boxing world, Adonis Creed is thriving in his career and family life. When Damien, a childhood friend and former boxing prodigy, resurfaces after serving time in prison. He's eager to prove that he deserves his shot in the ring. You're a coward, bro. And a fraud. I'm spending half your life in a cell. I'm just getting started, little brother. I'm coming for it all. It's not going to stop. You see that man right there? Do you remember him? The face-off between former friends is more than just a fight. To settle the score, Adonis must put his future on the line to battle Damien, a fighter who has nothing to lose. Starring Michael B. Jordan, Tessa Thompson, Jonathan Majors and Wood Harris. What's love got to do with it? Rated M. In London, an award-winning filmmaker documents her best friend's journey into an assisted marriage in line with his family's Pakistani heritage. In the process, she challenges her own attitude towards relationships. Starring Lily James, Emma Thompson, Shazid Latif and Oliver Chris. Follow my childhood friend to marry a stranger chosen by his parents. My big fat arranged wedding. <laughs> Me the parents first. <laughs> Love contractually. Huh. I'm an idiot. Shazam! Fury of the Gods, rated M. Bestowed with the powers of the gods, Billy Batson and his fellow foster kids are still learning how to juggle teenage life with their adult superhero alter egos. When a vengeful trio of ancient gods arrive on Earth in search of the magic stolen from them long ago, Shazam and his allies get thrust into a battle for their superpowers, their lives and the fate of the world. Starring Helen Mirren, Zachary Levi, Grace Carolyn Curry and Lucy Liu. I don't know how we fight powers like this. You think I know how to fix this dude, but I really don't. Everyone can be worthy. Let's give it a chance. And don't forget the Robin Williams double feature coming up on the 28th and 29th of March. 
The Birdcage, and Good Morning Vietnam. His father is in the arts. You do an eclectic celebration of the dance. You do Fussy, Fussy, Fussy. You do Martha Graham, Martha Graham, Martha Graham. Or Madonna, Madonna, Madonna. But you keep it all inside. Good Morning Vietnam! Hey, this is not a test. This is rock and roll. Huskers and Pictures, your local cinema. For further details, phone triple four one five zero seven six or go online huskypicks.com.au. Station sponsor. It's Margot here, and you're listening to ninety two point seven Bay and Basin FM, where we love all types of music. Thanks so much, Margot, and uh, thank you to our sponsor, Huskies and Pictures, sponsor of the community radio. Um, Without support of our sponsors, radios like ours could not be here. So please support the sponsors who support us. And the Husky Pictures is a wonderful institution in, in Huskison. So we are back to Pick the Flick, and today's show is about uh, Quentin Tarantino. But before I take you back to the last few films and soundtracks I have for you, how about we have another go at the Pick the Flick game? So I'll play the 10 seconds again from these seven... TV shows. Let's see if you can recognize them. First. recognize any of all of them if you do you can write them down in a piece of paper maybe the number and who you think uh, with the name the name of the show uh, or you can contact me here at the studio you can text me at our 92.7 FM studio we have a text line and the number is 0403572344 or you could also call me and tell me on the phone it's 444 either way if you get in touch with me and you're correct with your um, your memory about uh, those uh, recognizing those those shows I will announce it on the show today uh, if not you can wait until the end of the show and, and then I will play them in full and I will tell you the names for all those shows so we are back to Quentin Tarantino now so the next film I have for you is from uh, actually a pair of films he had Kill Bill so he got Kill Bill's volume 1 and volume 2 released in 2003 so Kill Bill volume 1 is an American martial arts film it's written and directed by Quentin Tarantino and it stars Uma Thurman as the bride who swears revenge on a team of assassins a team of assassins made up by um, actors and actresses like Lucy Liu Michael Madsen, Daryl Hannah, Vivica A. Fox, 
And their leader, their leader is Bill. David Carradine plays that character. And after, after they, all of them try to kill her, the bride. So her journey takes her from Tokyo, where she battles the Yakuza, it's the Japanese mafia. So volume one is the first of the two in the Kill Bill films. And they were all made in a single production, but they were planned as a single release. But then Tarantino split them into two films so that he didn't have to cut any scenes because he wanted to have everything there. And volume two was released just six months later than volume one. The character of The Bride uh, was created by Tarantino and Thurman, and Uma Thurman, while working on Pulp Fiction. The script was given to Thurman as a 30th birthday present by Tarantino. An interesting fact about the film is girl power. Every character that dies on screen on this film, with the exception of an anime insert, but you know, in the real film, is killed by a female character so um, soundtrack was created by Robert Fitzgerald Dix uh, also known as RZA, RZA or RZA in Australia and it's an American rapper actor and composer uh, Kill Bill features a very diverse soundtrack so the theme from the Green Hornet old you know a TV show was used and is played when the bride is trying to and uh, is flying to and arriving to Japan. So they they play that song behind those scenes. So the fourth track I have for you today is um, titled "The Flight of the Bumblebee," and that is the real name of that tune that is played on the old TV show "The Green Hornet." And here it is performed by Al Hurt.
and you're listening to the best station, Bone Basin FM, 92.7. And we are back. I played a track titled Flight of the Bumblebee um, by uh, Al Hurt and was used in the film Kill Bill Volume 1. And uh, the film was uh, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. So after the enormous success of the Kill Bill um, series, um, Tarantino in 2009, six years later, started working on uh, Inglorious Bastards. And so they, that's the story of Jewish American guerrilla soldiers in Nazi occupied France in a very, you know, altern- alternative universe uh, for uh, around World War Two. It was not not close to history references at all, pretty much. So Tarantino himself actually strung an interesting fact. This is just an interesting fact from that film. So Tarantino himself strangled Diane Kruger, the actor, um, to the point of almost losing consciousness with consent from the from the, the actor, um, in order to get the scene right. So when you look, if you if you watch the film, or if you are going to watch the film after today, um, in Glorious Bastards, uh, in the scene where you see the character of Diane Kruger being strangled, the hands that you see on the screen are actually Quentin Tarantino's hands. So they are not the hands of the uh, Christophe Watts uh, character. So from Inglorious Bastards, that also did really well for, for him, he went into uh, Django and Chained. And Jan- Django and Chained was released in 2012. And, and it's very different to... I mean, all Tarantino's films have violence and action that's common. But this film is an American Western, and it's a first one that he made and it was written and directed again by Quentin Tarantino and it's starring Jamie Foxx Christoph Waltz uh, Leonardo DiCaprio Kerry uh, Washington and Samuel L. Jackson I think Samuel L. Jackson is pretty much on every film that uh, Quentin has made it's set in, in the Old West and Antebellum South in the USA and, and it's Highly stylized and heavily, heavily revisionist tribute to spaghetti westerns. You know, spaghetti westerns from Italy. My father used to love spaghetti westerns, so I watched many of them when I was a kid because he wanted to watch them all. Um, in particular, Tarantino has been inspired by the 1966 film Django by Sergio Corbucci. Uh, the star of uh, of which Franco Nero, you know, Franco Nero was a huge, huge, very big name on the Italian cinema, and he was the star of this film, and has a cameo appearance in in um, Django by Sergio Corbucci. The story follows a black slave. So this is back to the, the Django one, Django Unchained by Tarantino. Story uh, follows back a black slave who trains under a German bounty hunter and which is the ultimate with the ultimate goal that of this uh, this uh, former slave is to reunite with his long lost wife 
it's just a very a bit, of, a bit of a sad story but um, it's there's no, no sad element on this film it's action and comedy almost um, so during an interesting fact during the film uh, there's one scene with a dinner scene and Leonardo DiCaprio is in this scene with Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson and he gets to a point that he just breaks down while they're trying to film the scene and and had to stop the filming because he just cannot cope anymore with the number of racial slurs that are used by him and by Samuel L. Jackson in that scene. He just is is horrific. It's uh, the, the 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 amount of uh, of uh, uh, racial slur that are used uh, by the characters, and so it actually it's been it's been counted the number of things that the number of uh, racial slurs used in the film Django and Chain um, is a hundred and sixteen. And it's been, it's the record for any film in history for the number of uh, racial slurs in a film. So it's crazy, uh, but anyway. When DiCaprio stops the, the shooting, Samuel L. Jackson uh, calls him um, Mother F, which is probably know what that means. Um, and he says, this is just another Tuesday for people like me and it's a bit of a shocking realization for DiCaprio anyway but um, so the the film features um, original and existing music tracks so that were um, in in the soundtrack and the main theme track uh, Django uh, was the same song that was used in 1966 for that Italian film. So that's how much Tarantino really wanted to connect the two films together. So our fifth track for today's show and our final, final track for today's show is a track from the soundtrack of the film Django Unchained and it's titled Who Did That To You? And it's been performed by John Legend. I hope you like it.
92.7 FM. The home of great music in the Bain Basin. And we are back in Pick the Flick. And the last track I played for you is titled Who Did That to You by John Legend. And it was used in the film Django Unchained. So it's in the soundtrack of that film. So that was the last film that was released by Quentin Tarantino, the director that we're featuring today uh, in 2012. So more than 10 years ago, and Tarantino has not released any film. However, according to IMDb, you know, the International Movie Database online, and there's a lot of great information there, and it's a very trustworthy source, um, I understand from looking there that Tarantino is working on two big projects. One is called The Hateful Eighth. The Hateful Eighth is a kind of like a, another Western, um, you know, it's a Seven Samurai, something that was made by uh, Akira Kurosawa, and I, and I covered Akira Kurosawa last week as a, as a director. Um, so The Hateful Eighth is a, kind of like an evolution of um, the Magnificent, Magnific, Magnificent Seven, that was the name that was given to Akira Kurosawa's English version or American version of his film. And, uh, and he's also, Tarantino is also working on Kill Bill Volume 3. So that's all I know. Um, but you know, it's a, something interesting to look forward to and maybe released uh, later this year or next year, you never know. I think um, Kill Bill 3 looks as, as if it is in um, pre-production um, only, so it's going to take a while to get that ready, but anyway. So so that's, uh, that's Tarantino. So a um, high school dropout with a foot fetish, <laughs> and arguably one of the best directors in the USA right now. And uh, if you haven't seen the films, uh, and, and that I mentioned through the show today, I strongly recommend you to watch them, and 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 then you can see, you know, how good how good Tarantino is, and see if you can spot the signature shots, you know, the the trunk shot or the boot shot and the long shot, and. Uh, and the other weird things that he does on the films, he does some really, really interesting things on the films. So that's it for Tarantino, and that's it for the show. But before I finish the show, uh, I'm going to play the Pick the Fleet, the seven intros for the seven shows um, that uh, we were playing the Pick the Fleet games with in full for you now. So, and I tell you who they were. So let's start with the first one. So this is a children's show, British show, aired 2001 to 2002, only two seasons. I've seen re, um, I've seen the show played in, in, in ABC. The name of the show is Bill and Ben. Next show. This is another children's show. Also from the BBC. Old. The original release was 1958. But it was re-released and remade until 2012. So, and we did see some of this in Australia. 
Name of the show is Blue Peter. Next. I watched this show when I was younger. Western television series. Air from 1959 to 1973. Ron Green, one of the stars there. Yes, I'm sure you recognize it. Bonanza. That was an interesting show. Next. Western drama TV series. Jane Seymour plays the main character. It aired from 1993 to 1998. Beautiful, beautiful music. Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. Next one, and I love this show. Thank you for being. Susan Harris, starring Beatrice Arthur, Billy White, Ruma Cunningham, and Stel Gaethje. They're 1985 to 1992. Great show. I watched, I think I watched all the episodes. The Golden Girls. Procedural drama. From 1968 to 1980. Set in Hawaii. Yes, Hawaii 5-0. And the last show we have, number seven. See, that's all we have for today. I hope you enjoy the show. I'll be, I won't be here next week, um, because I, I'm on holiday, so I won't be able to make the show next week. I've already mentioned it to the production team, and they, they take care of that this time slot for you and entertain you with other music or other things. Um, I will be here from the first week of April and on. So I look forward to um, another edition of Pick the Flick for you on the first week of April and uh, pick up another another interesting director to cover for you. So have a great time and a great week next week, and see you. Uh, I'll be here a week after.
Bye-bye, everyone.